wait to serve and to just do what they need to. And uh, God has given them a lot of favor. And, and I know today they're going to share. Open your hearts and open your notebooks and be ready to learn and listen for that one thing God's speaking to you. Because there's one thing that God's going to give you this week that's going to help you for the week in your relationships and even for the week. And so just open your hearts to see what that is. So give them, give them a hand one more time as they share today. Thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, Pastor Eric. I uh, thank everyone here for allowing us an opportunity to share with you. Um, so I'm just going to point out the obvious, right? So the TV is not working. Uh, Joe, if I can get Irving on the phone, just patch that in up here. I, this is not, we're going to take care of this. Um, so if that doesn't affect us, that affects you guys. I can't see the TV. But, um, sorry about that. Um, so... Again, we appreciate the opportunity to come and talk about relationships. I think this is a great series. Um, It's really challenged us, and as Pastor Eric talked about, um, when you're um, given the opportunity to to speak about something, you are the one that grows and develops more. So I've given a lot of thought. We've had a lot of discussion, some intense discussion about relationships, um, you know, over the past couple weeks Mm -hmm. as we try to uh, put together, you know, the things that, that God wanted us to share and how we do that. Um, but one thing I want to get out of the way is when people think about relationships, I feel sometimes they think mostly about the conflicts that come with relationships. So for the guys here, I'm going to help you with conflicts and relationships that there are two ways, right, to win an argument with a woman, and neither one of them work. So don't even try it. Don't even think about it. And for the ladies, um, in, well, when you're in an argument, if you really want to just kind of take the guy out completely, this is what you ask him. Do you remember what today is? Because he doesn't. And he will spend the next couple hours trying to think about what anniversary it is. Um, let's see. It's not our marriage anniversary. Right? That's in November. And it's not the anniversary of when I proposed. Like that was in March. Of our first kiss, of when we first saw each other. Of when we first <laughs> and, again, hours trying to figure out what the day is. Um, so with that, um, as we talked about what, uh, what we really wanted to share and what, what God had, is we know that there's relationships, but really what we want to start with is, well, why are relationships? Oh, no. Let's see how they are. Um, so what we wanted to start with is why are relationships important? Yeah. Why are relationships important? Um, a couple of things. It's so important for us to be connected, right? We need to be connected to each other. When I think of our relationship, our marriage relationship, it's super important to be connected. When I think of the relationship I have with our kids, it's really important, sometimes more important for me to be connected than for them. But I can tell when they're ready to be connected because I'll get a text or a phone call here and there. Um, We have three kids that are adults and no longer living with us. So, you know... Connection is still so important with relationships. In preparing for today, one thing that came up that was so true is that people want to be needed and people want to be known. And that happens through relationship. So uh, there's a scripture that I want to share with you. This is from Romans 12, 4 through 5. And it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many members, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So we're going to talk about lots of different relationships today. Um, 
but one of them being our relationships as a church, our relationships with each other. And I want to just paint a picture for you from this scripture. The fact that the body has to be connected, right? So if I cut off my hand, if I lost my hand, if one of us, one of us lost a part of our body, no longer attached to our body, that would be detrimental for that part, right? Our body could go on, but, but that, that hand, whatever was detached, would die. There would be no blood flow. There would be no life in that part. To even get a little grosser, if this was, or a little bit, whatever, um, if this was a child that lost a body part, maybe a four-year-old loses a hand or a foot, the rest of the body is going to grow, but that, but that part won't. It'll stay as little as it was when it detached. And I paint that picture just to make the point that we have to stay connected. We have to stay connected for there to be life. We have to stay connected to each other as Christ's body. So <clears throat> the other point I want to make is that real life change happens in the context of relationships. So if you think back to the biggest life changes that have happened for you, I'm sure you can connect that to relationship. Yeah, so, um, so we had some good conversation, but I think in general, um, <clears throat> there's times in our lives when, we, when we, we classify it as a life change, right? I met Nicole and my life changed forever. Our child was born and my life changed forever. Well, through this discussion, I was really challenged because I said, you know what, I don't, I don't know that that's the case. I like to think that. But really what happened is I met Nicole. We entered into a relationship. And for the duration of our relationship, my life has changed. When my kids were born, right, I, honestly, I should have been a good parent immediately. But guess what? I didn't really change. The relationship I have with my kids through the course of their life, that's when I've changed. When, when I first come to know God and entered a relationship with Christ, um, right, so, man, my life changed. I didn't change. It's been my relationship and my walk with Christ through that time that I've changed. So really, that, that true life change that we're talking about does happen in the context of the relationship. Even though we may say, uh, I, you know, I met Christ and my life changed forever. It did, but it but it wasn't immediately. My life has changed, and it continues to change. So going back to the body um, being connected, right, as long as I'm connected with Christ, I will still grow and change and develop and get stronger. Um, you know, if um, when we talk about losing, right, I guess she's talked about losing that hand, right, the body may adapt. It may find other ways to function, but it will still be, it will still be different. Um, the hand being disconnected, right, it can't grow. And so for us in the body of Christ and in relationships, our ability to be connected um, is what facilitates that growth and development, right? And that is what the real life change is. Right. And when I think of change that's happened in my own life as an adult, I think, um, I think about small groups that I've been a part of. I think about being a part of team here at The Grove, that through those relationships, real life change has happened. So some of you may have gone through small groups before. Some of you may have gone through Freedom Small Group. That's the one that comes to mind right now. Um, 
through that small group, real life change happened because of the relationships formed in that small group. Um, if you haven't had a chance to take part of Freedom Small Group or another small group, I would just encourage you to definitely do that because relationships are made um, in small group, and that's, that's the point here, that real life change can happen then. Um, so we talked a little bit, right, a lot, of, a lot of different relationships that we talked about. And so I shared, when I go online and I order something from Amazon and I'm waiting for that to be delivered, I have a relationship with my mailman. Right, I'm out there at five o'clock every day waiting for the Amazon package to be delivered. I have a really good relationship with my with the postman. Right, every day five o'clock, I'm waiting to see if he brought it, and I'm asking him how he's doing, and it's good to see him. Um, again, so it's not necessarily destructive, but if my postman knows more about how my day went than my wife does, am I investing in the right thing? So, so even though it may not be a destructive um, you know, hanging out with, with the boys that I shouldn't be hanging out with. Um, it, is it things that's distracting for our, where I need to be? And I, I think something that would resonate would be, I feel like when you're in a perfect relationship, um, we know it's balanced, but if I could give everything to a relationship and not expect to receive anything, man, that is a good relationship. As long as I can be in that same relationship and receive everything, even though I didn't give. And really, my relationship with Christ is where that resonates, right? It's not about who I am or what I do, right? He loves me regardless. And when I'm walking right with Christ, I want to give everything because I love him and not because I'm expecting to get something back. When I can take that kind of like perfect love and relationship, how am I applying that with intentionality to the relationship with my wife, with my kids, with, um, with my membership in the church? Um, all of these relationships that are important and have value, um, I need to be intentional in those and and make those a priority. But so again, we're saying just make it a priority and invest in it. But really, but really, how do you prioritize relationships? We talked about a bunch of them, and it's not just one, right? We will have multiple relationships. So how do you prioritize them? Good question, Shannon. <laughs> um. So we need to decide what we value, and then we need to, to invest in those relationships that, that should have value, right? And if we don't have those, if we look through our lives and, and we're thinking right now, I, I don't know that I really have any of those relationships, then we need to create them. And how do we create them? <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to say right now is by getting, getting involved, being, being intentional and pursuing relationships. So um, in the marriage, with our kids, you know, that kind of comes a little natural, more naturally in re- those kind of relationships. In our relationship with each other, in our relationship as the Grove, um, those relationships need to be pursued. Those relationships need to be created. It doesn't just happen by accident. Just like a good marriage doesn't happen by accident. It happens with intentionality, and it happens with pursuit. Um, you know, again, we reflected on what it was like to pursue each other back in the day. <laughs> it looks way different than after 25 years of being married, right? But, but it's helpful to think about how did I pursue Shannon? I was definitely the pursuer for a long time. <laughs> like, I was way more aggressive. It wasn't that long. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... 
how I pursue my relationship with Jesus. Does it look way different now after so many years than it did when, when I was first starting? Um, naturally, it does look different, but, but we need to pursue intentionally that, that same way. All right, so um, there's a scripture, uh, Galatians 5.13, and it talks about, uh, for you have all been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your own sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So I think when that applies to relationship, it goes back. So God has called us to be in freedom, right? But I don't use that selfishly. I should be finding people to serve. So again, being in those relationships where I'm in a relationship not because of what I can get from you, right, but in a relationship because of what I can do for you. And so, um, so this really resonated with me when it talks about intentionality, right, or that pursuit. Um, again, what is it that I can give, not what I can get? Right. And um, we, talk about, we talk about pursuing, we talk about being in relationships, and then the importance of strengthening those relationships, right? So, again, not looking at the relationship as what I can get from it, um, but looking at the relationships as, as what can I bring to it. Um, this applies so much in our relationships here t- together as a church. Um, we, again, I'll say we want to be needed as human beings, and we want to be known as human beings. Um, so it's important to, to work on that, to strengthen that. And going back to that pursuit part, it's important that we take some of those first experiences and hold on to them, right? It's important that we, that we don't forget some of the firsts in our romantic relationships maybe or even our spiritual relationships. We were joking, as it, uh, we were joking just with some friends about some of the songs that, you know, some – some of us remember from church way back when. And, you know, you think of the words, like music, Christian music has changed so much. And the songs we sing together here at the Grove are way different than some of the songs I remember growing up with in church. Um, Shannon and I were talking about, like, why is that, why is there so much nostalgia there for some of these old songs? And I really think it's because, well, what Shannon said is that was like where we were first experiencing Jesus. You know what I mean? So for, for some of us older ones, that's when we were experiencing Jesus for the first time. And it, like, is in there. And so when we hear it again, it's like, oh, I wish, I wish we sang those songs. I am like a hymn person. I really do like hymns. I, grew, I went to a Christian school, and every morning we would sing a hymn before starting. I'm talking to you young ones over there. Can you even imagine singing a hymn before school started? <laughs> um, but it there it's in it's in my heart it's in my my brain and it's nostalgic and and I get it you know I feel like that little spark when I hear some of that older music anyway it's important to keep that it's important to keep that but if I was just holding on to the old music or if I was just holding on to what a first kiss was like if I was just holding on to that I'd be missing out on so much that comes with experience and time and getting to know each other and growing in relationship. I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah. So, so really, because what we're talking about now is, um, is strengthening the relationship. And so these things she's talking about is how do you strengthen the relationship, right? We've talked about intentionality and pursuit. 
But to really strengthen it, you have to understand where's that relationship um, and its life, right? So, again, the early relationship that you refer to, right, there's a lot of sparks. There's, um, there's excitement. There's newness. And as your relationship uh, matures, we do believe that you don't want to lose that, right? You do need that, that spark, those things that, that take you back, those things that still excite you. But we also understand in maturity that you can't just live in that moment, right? Through your experiences and your growth, right, you couple that with that spark, and that's really what develops a relationship and makes it stronger. So, again, um, so going back to that, when I'm thinking about how do I develop and strengthen a relationship, well, first of all, it's not about me, right? And, again, if I'm trying to strengthen a relationship because it's something I can get from it, that's probably not the right relationship, right? I'm trying to develop a relationship for what I can give into it. So if I bring in that spark um, because I want that newness and that nostalgia to be there, um, but I want to couple it with um, the experience that we have, um, you know, the things that so, – so, again, when we were dating, um, I would like to – like stopping at her flowers, right? It's that spark that um, – I don't know, that, that kind of reaction – Right now, I'll bring them. And so that's good. And so now, in developing, um, I should still do that. Every now and then, I should still bring my wife's flowers, right? But through our growth and development, it shouldn't just be any random flower that I found on the side of the road, right? I should know, right? <laughs> and if you do, that's fine. Right? This is just judgment. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> that, um, that she really likes white flowers, right? Um, so, so when I look for that, now I'm looking for something specific. It's, I'm past the, the spark of that, of that immediate reaction to do something for her, right? When I think of something, do it to having some more intentionality because I know her, um, right? And I also know that when you take it from the side of the road, there is a chance that it may have bugs on it and she doesn't like bugs. <laughs> and so now I know that. So now I would do something different, right? So I still try to keep the newness. But I want to layer in this experience and growth that we've gained over the years. And that's how I apply strengthening our relationship um, by doing that. Right. So I'm going to move on to a scripture now. <laughs> Philippians 2.3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. I think that's a really good key to strengthening your relationships. Is we put others first. We're humble. And we're 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 thinking about them as better than ourselves. Um, and it's important not to be relationally lazy. I love this term. I think um, I'm going to use it more and more and more. When you think about it, what other areas of our lives can we be lazy and not have negative consequences? Right? If you think about the way we eat. If we're lazy about the way we eat and we don't plan or we don't we – don't, um, you know, we don't put work into it, it's going to show. And COVID has done that for me. Um, if we think about our relation, um, if we think about other areas of our life, exercise. I mean, these are just obvious, right? But if we're lazy in that area, it's going to show. We, can, we will have negative consequences. Same way with our relationships. If we are relationally lazy and we don't want to put in the work or the pursuit or be intentional or prioritize, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have negative consequences in our church life as well, right, in our relationship with Jesus. It's going to show, and it's going to have a negative result. 
So the bottom line here, relationships do take work. They take major work. And so again, and so those relationships are going to take work regardless of whether it's a relationship you should be in or not. So that's why it's important to be intentional, the right to prioritize um, on what you can do because because um, the more relationships that you have, right, the more spread you're going to be. And make sure you're investing in, in the right things. And um, and so this really took me through um, a week of really deciding, am I investing in the things that are important? Um, I think all in all, um, I, I felt like I was, but there's always a way to, to tighten up, right? So my next Amazon order, I won't spend 45 minutes at the mailbox, um, right? I'll try to find something else to do. And um, so then, and again, it's about, um, some takeaways that I got as well was, um, right, when you think something, do it. Yeah. Um, when you when you uh, think of something nice to say to somebody you're in a relationship with, actually say it. Don't just keep it in, in your mind. Um, it's one thing for me to think good things about Shannon. It's another thing for me to tell him. Um, it's, an, it's one thing for me to think about doing something nice for him. It's another thing to actually do something nice for him. Um, so, one more scripture. This is Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I always get emotional for certain scriptures. Um, this speaks a lot to what we're talking about, especially in our relationships as a church, especially in our relationships together. We are, we are called to, to sharpen each other, right? Um, in preparation, thinking about this, I've read this all the time. In fact, for Trent, I, I send this scripture to him every time it comes up. I, I feel like this is the scripture that, that I really relate to with, with our youngest son. And I've, in all the times I've read it, I've never thought about it in the way that was um, brought up in a devotional I read this week, or listened to this week. So if you think of iron sharpening iron, what does that look like? Does it look like a nice, peaceful, quiet process? It's not. There's friction, right, in iron sharpening iron. There's sometimes sparks involved in iron sharpening iron. It's not peaceful, quiet, happy-go-lucky experience. It's, it's kind of a tough experience, I think, for the iron. And that just came to life for me this week because in our relationships – here at the Grove, in our relationships, in our marriage, if we're going to sharpen each other, it's going to be a little tough. And there's going to be maybe some, some friction and some disagreement maybe. But that's how we get sharper. That's how we get encouraged. Um, so don't pull away from that process. Dig in, dig in deeper when that happens, whatever relationship you're relating to right now. Because that's, that's the process, and it's biblical, and I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Okay. So we've talked about um, some different relationships, and we've talked about different stages, right, and the um, interest and goals um, that that we may not all be um, in the same place in life or in the same relationships. Um, I mean, I guess ultimately what I'm saying is like some people, right, some people may not have kids. Some people may not be married. Um, some people may be a lot married longer than us. Some people may have way more kids than us. <laughs> um, right? We're all across the spectrum. Um, and so we understand that, right? Um, we do still think that the principles, um, you know, I mean, that, that really hope that you can take those away and apply them. But 
as we were working through and how do we conclude and how do we come back to a challenge, we said, well, how do we relate that back to, well, what is the, is there something that we all do have in common? And so is there something we have in common? I think so. We're all here, right? We're here. We're online together. We got up this morning with a common purpose and a common goal. And I think that speaks volumes to where we are as, as in our relationship together. Um, so everything that we've talked about, all these points we've made about relationships, that they're important, that we need them, that we don't want to be that hand cut off and dying on the side, um, that relationships need to be prioritized, that they need to be strengthened. That all applies to our relationships as a church. So that brings us to our challenge. And so today's challenge is, is get in a small group and get on team. Because that's how you connect. That's how you find people like-mindedness. These are relationships that should be prioritized because you will grow and develop. And your life will change in the context of those relationships. Definitely. So again, looking back, um, huge life change happened for me in a freedom group. Um, I don't know who has taken part in freedom in here and who has not, but I will tell you, life change happens in that group. Um, We did a marriage group, and um, life change happens, happened for us in that group. Um, If you think back on groups that you've been in, I feel that you probably can relate to what I'm saying. And being on team, um, we kind of... We kind of joke as a team here. Maybe it's not a joke. I don't know who takes it as a joke and who doesn't. But it can be kind of loud. <laughs> it can be kind of loud out front sometimes um, in the lobby area while service is going on in here. <laughs> that's relationship. That's team. That's people loving to be together and laugh together and connect after not seeing each other Monday through Saturday. Um, And that happens from being on team, you know. Um, I can't encourage you enough to get involved with team. Um, We've talked about for a long time how I I know we can, can look like we have everything together and every spot is filled. And maybe if you're not on team, you think, well, they don't need me on team because they have it. They have it taken care of. But it's not. I don't want to encourage you personally to be on team so that we can have a spot filled or so that we can have a job done. I want to encourage you to be on team because that's where relationships are made and that's where things get fun. Um, that's when you're having conversations and having to be like, shh, Eric's preaching. We can't be so loud out here. You know, because there's just, there's relationship and sometimes you can't, you can't put a cap on that and, and keep, it, keep it down. And that's where it happens for, for us. All right. Well, Grove, that's our time. We appreciate you letting us share with you this morning. We love you all very much, and we look forward to our relationships going forward. Awesome. Hey, good job, guys. Thank you for sharing. I love your heart. These are great challenges. Uh, get in a small group and get on team. I didn't tell them to say that, but if I was to say something challenging, that would be what I would say is make sure you get in a small group and a team. Uh, can you go to that Philippian scripture for me? When Shannon was talking, something jumped out to me. He was reading this scripture about not being selfish. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, the other one? Maybe it was the Philippians. The freedom. Galatians. That's it. Galatians. Um, so every single day, we all have the ability to choose what we want to do with our lives. 
So this, this, I saw freedom, 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 right? So I think of us as Americans, right? People live in the United States of America. We have more freedoms than any nation in the world, right? Historically, that has been true about our nation, which makes it so great, uh, which makes it also can be dangerous sometimes because of, of the freedoms that people choose. But we have freedom. And Paul recognized us as human beings, depend, not, not depending on what nation you're from, but just as human beings, we all have freedom to choose how we're going to live our lives. And Shannon challenged us, says, don't use your freedom to get from others. Use your freedom to serve others, right? That was the point of this verse they're talking about. Is instead of using your freedom for, to, to satisfy your sinful nature, Paul says, use it instead to serve one another in love. This is how we grow. When we serve one another in love, we grow. It's, it's counterintuitive because we think, well, if I serve everybody else, I'm not going to grow. I'm going to be a slave to everybody else. No, that's not how it works. When you serve others, you grow. You serve your spouse, your relationship will grow. You serve your kids, your relationship will grow. Serve others, you will grow. And he was saying this. That's, it's, it's, it's what God calls us to, to, to use our freedom on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and on Saturday and on Sunday mornings. We use our freedom to serve others. I think of Shen Nikki for the last um, six years that we've been a church, right? Their, their family is one of the first families that shows up at the theater to unload the trailer and to sit up. We have a lot of team members. Let me just brag on them for a second. We have a lot of team members to do this. On Sunday mornings, even now in the Grove Central, show up early. They're saying, I'm going to use my freedom on a Sunday morning, and, and we all want to sleep in. I, I don't know about you guys, but my family, Sunday is like when everybody wants to keep sleeping. And it's the day we have to get up earliest, right? It's like, no, no, my, my kids, like on every other day, they wake up early, and they're excited to go for the day. And Sunday is like, can I just sleep longer? It's like... We know it, it, the bed is really comfortable on Sundays, but we use our freedom to get up, and our team uses the freedom to get up. And I think over the last six years, you know, if you did the math, that is hundreds of services that our team, Chad, Nikki, and others have used their freedom to get up to say, how can I serve others? And it's in love because we want others to connect to God. They mentioned that one of their small groups, their marriage group, that there was a big breakthrough. Maybe in your marriage you need a breakthrough, right? Get in the small group. Maybe you're parenting. Get, get some relationships in the church that are ahead of you. We have some great people in, the, that in our church that have, are far ahead of us in life that we can learn from and can grow from. We need to say, I need to do this. And then Shannon said one other thing um, that it really stood out to me. He says, uh, Christ, it, it, it's not, so when we live this way, right, to serve others out of love, not because we want to get something back, but just because it's the right thing to do. He said, that's, that's, God doesn't require us anything except just to, to say yes. It's all grace. And, and Jesus models for us how to do that. You love unconditionally, right? And you just put it in God's hand and say, you know what? Whether they give to me or not, God, you're, you're the one that keeps score. I don't have to keep score because you're the one that's always watching for this. And, and God is only saying just, just say yes and, and learn to follow his example. So here's the thing about God is he says, I have already done the work for you, right? So religion is spelled um, um, do, D-O, D-O, right? Work, 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 work. This, this, if you grew up in a church that was religious, it's all about what you get to do, right? The prayers you pray, how much you read the Bible, do, 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 do. It's work, 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 work. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. It's done. The work on the cross was finished on your behalf and on my behalf. That is what the cross symbolizes for us. There is not a person on that cross anymore because he was buried in a grave and he came back to life again. He says, I did the work on your behalf. Now you have to just trust me and follow my lead, and I'll help you accomplish all the things that I've created you to accomplish if you'll just say yes to me. And so today, maybe you've been striving and trying and working and saying, well, i got to get to church. i got to read my Bible. i got to pray, pray, pray. Those are good things. But if you're doing it out of a work mentality, not out of a, a, a get-to mentality, you're just religious, and you'll miss the relationship that God has for you.
because you'll do all the right things. You buy the flowers, but you won't do it with the right heart. It's like you're 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 missing the, uh, the key component of saying this is this is a, a honest, genuine relationship that I get to be a part of. And Paul says, use your freedom every single day, not to gratify and satisfy your sinful nature, but use it instead to serve one another in love. And this is the invitation Jesus invites us to. In fact, Jesus, he told his disciples, the world will know that you follow me because you love one another. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our, our, our service? If you're in this room and you may, might be in a place where you're saying, you know, I, I need to say yes to God. I want to follow his example of serving others. I want to follow his example of using his life and laying it down to help others succeed. Maybe, like Paul said in Galatians, maybe you've been using your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And today you want to say, God, I want your help to pursue the things you want me to pursue. I want to say yes to following your example, your lead. So if you're in this room, you know automatically that's you. If you have some courage and be brave right now, would you let me know that you're here? Just by lifting your hand. I'm not going to call you the front, but just lead you in a prayer right there. Awesome. Let's see a few hands. Anybody else? God, that's me. I want to follow your lead. Awesome. For you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And for everybody else in the room who didn't raise your hand, would you pray with us so that those that raise your hand aren't praying alone? Say this today. Say this prayer. Say, Father God, today, thank you for the ability to choose healthy relationships. Help me to use my freedom follow your example, to love others, to serve others. Forgive me where I miss it, where I'm, for my mistakes, my sins. Forgive me for getting off track, for using my freedoms in a selfish way. Today, help me to follow your lead and your example. Give me the strength and the knowledge to do what you're asking me to do. I put my trust in you today. Would you come into my life? Would you lead me? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that prayed. So good.